Hey, so today it's pigs. We're talking piggies. I hope you're excited. And even if you don't have pigs or don't want to have pigs, you might find this conversation pretty entertaining. We talk some of, of the trials and tribulations pigs have brought to our lives, why we have them on our homestead, even though we don't eat them, and how they can help improve the quality of your land as they are ours. So enjoy. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life, where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. Hey friends, so today we are diving into the world of pigs. We just got some. It's not a deep dive, don't worry. No, but no. a good beginner dive, maybe. Yeah. I Tip, feel like maybe we're tiptoeing in. We're tiptoeing in. We're, we're doing what we waiting. do best, which is dive head first, even though we don't know what we're well, doing. Well, we've had pigs before, and we hated them. And yeah. and what we've been told, or what we maybe have learned, too, is that we started with pot belly pigs, which I think is like the gateway pig. I think most people think I'll start with pigs, just like most people think I'll start with goats. And what we found out is that we hate pigs and we don't really care for goats either. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not true. If you love goats, love goats away. But they just have a bit of a personality thing that we found to be too much. We didn't, uh, my favorite hippie word, we didn't resonate. They did, yeah, goats uh, didn't resonate with us. (laughs) And the pigs, I will say, um, this second time around, we had a friend that needed a place to put the pigs in. We had some woods that we want to use the pigs I feel with. like we need to start with our first bad experience, actually, now that we're oh, here. It's okay. not in our notes, but I think we no, need to talk not. about it. Okay. So why didn't we like pigs to start with? Because they kept getting out of the fence all the time. Oh, yeah. And way worse. They were way worse. Yeah. So we have a great Pyrenees. Oh, we're going to go into this. Story. Wow, Drew's going there. We, we have a great Pyrenees. You guys are so lucky. This is going to make you either with... cringe or laugh or never listen to our podcast again. We're going to keep it family friendly. So if you got kids in the car, don't worry. We had a great Pyrenees that lived with the pigs, these potbelly pigs. Mm. And we had, what, a few males and a few females. Well, they have babies really fast. Yeah. So that's, I mean, maybe the benefit of pigs if you eat pigs that they they make a lot of babies. Right. They do. So and it I, was like one litter was like 15 new pigs. And we knew that like what pigs do is like root up things. And that's what we had. And we actually don't even eat pork. So... It's kind of like well, people a, have asked us a lot, like, why do you even have pigs? Yeah. And so we'll get into that, but right. let's start back at the very first try. So um, the I noticed that when I went out to pet the Pyrenees, his coat was like really stiff and like <laughs> on the back, and I uh, it was like happening for a few days, and I just couldn't really figure out why he had like this like mat on the back of him. Mm. And then finally one day I walked out there and realized that the male pigs really loved him. And look, I'm going to tell you that farm kids know things yeah. sooner, faster, and in a much more natural way, I'll say. I'm not sure there's anything natural about pigs well, that loving a dog. That didn't feel natural <laughs> at the time, but I mean, you know. Pigs will be pigs. So I think there's no way to shelter them from a lot of the conversations that, you know, as a parent, you need to have with your kid. But they just kind of force your hand a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so that was a conversation. So, yeah. So (laughs) once we saw that, they had been getting out of the fence a lot. The mom pig, like, she had learned the time 
of the electric fence. So she would stand at the electric fence and when like in between pulses of the electric fence, she would like send her little piglets Hmm. through the fence. And it was just like, you know, that on top of them getting in the garden and then them really loving. They were out more than they were in. Yeah. And And then them loving our Pyrenees. That was like the last And the babies also were not like remotely friendly. I mean, you it's very difficult, I think, with pigs in this situation, at least in our, that experience. With the piglets, once they're like grown, they're feral basically. I mean, I guess they just, we were using them to clear acreage. So they didn't really, we didn't interact with them as much as like, you know, we didn't feed them a bottle or, you know, like they were with their mother and then they were, and then they were feral. Yeah. (laughs) So we had like chasing them when we finally decided to get rid of them. We had no trouble getting rid of them. Thank goodness. Yeah. I put them on, are we going to go all the way there? I put them on Craigslist for free or yeah, this was how long ago it was. Is Craigslist even there anymore? I don't think people use um, Craigslist anymore. So I put them on there, and these uh, Latino people showed up with a minivan, and I was like, "How are you? What are you guys gonna do with these pigs?" And so they, the like the dad, he was like older. He had a lasso, and then there were like three other guys, and they chased these pigs around inside this like. Uh, fenced in area woven wire mm-hmm. and while he tried to lasso them and the others like chased them in circles and eventually they got him and they threw the first one in the back of the minivan it was like a stow and go kind of seating and i was like okay that makes <laughs> sense but what about the next one and they're like it's okay we'll throw it in so they like the one guy goes inside the minivan and he's like holding the pig down and while he's holding the one pig that's inside the minivan down they open up the hatch. It's like a full-up hatch. They open the hatch and throw the next one in and slam it. And they did that like, I don't know, it was like four, four more They took times? a bunch of pigs, yeah. Yeah. And they just had all these pigs in their stow-and-go. But, I mean, it was just like such an experience of these guys like with lassos, like lassoing well, and chasing Well, here's what I'm going to say pigs. about our, in, our like understanding and, and kind of cultural experience with farm animals in general, and that is that – American people who are like grown, raised American, back to a farmer, like they're like a removed from animals in such a way that when they show up, they're like, oh, I should have had a cage or oh, right. like they just have all these like, yeah. oh, how am I going to do this neatly? And then you have these people who are like first generation Americans or just just moved here recently and their cultural experience with animals is so much different. Their expectations are, are just like... Yeah, no, this is going to be messy, and that's fine. Yeah, like there's just yeah. it's a different and we and it's to, so like I appreciate it so much because you know we're just like we like things to be neat and clean and sanitary, yeah. right? And and in other cultures, I think dirt and grime and death and and mud and poop and all those things are just a part of life. You remember that other guy that used to show up and get uh, chickens from us? Yeah. When we had like cold chickens, yeah. I would call him up and he'd Well, pay it's them. never, listen, it's never worth killing one chicken at a time, right. generally speaking. Like if we're coming up to a processing day for the, the whole flock of meat birds, then we'll throw it in with them. But when you're talking about a stewed chicken and going through the whole process of plucking and, and all of it, it's just not worth it for one chicken. He would show up with like a laundry basket and that's what he would yep. take the chickens <laughs> off. <laughs> None of this fancy equipment that we yeah. tend to think of as an, as a like, and they, and you think, oh, well, they just weren't prepared. That's not true. They're always prepared. They just, they just don't have the expectations right. that They're all, okay a lot it. of other people yeah. have. But anyway. All right. So that's our so that was pig, ba- pig, pig backstory. Mm-hmm. 
So where are you going now? <laughs> Piggyback story. So now let's piggy forward. And I think why we have pigs is probably the best place to start. Yeah. So we were already talking about getting pigs because we have a lot of acreage that needs to be thinned and tilled up a little bit so that grasses can come in more for our livestock. Right. So we've been exploring like having a forestry mulcher come in versus which like, we have had come and, yeah. and it was a great resource and tool and got us pretty far down the road but, but that was like two acres and we and have a lot more to go we have like seven acres that we want forestry mulch now which a was, lot in perspective i know we know people who have hundreds of acres yeah. so it's, <laughs> but it was going to be like twelve thousand dollars to have it forestry mulched and it just isn't justifiable yeah i saw point. somebody ask in one of the homesteading groups today how to clear their acreage and i was like oh man we could probably do like four podcasts in a row about right. clearing land because it has been exactly what we've had to do since we moved into the woods. Yeah. So it's kind of like the decision is, do you want to pay a lot and go fast or do you want to save a lot of money and go slow? That I mean, I feel like that's the way to break There's it. There's also some other factors like, well, we're not getting into clearing land. No, today, we're not but. clearing land. Okay. <laughs> Back to pigs. So the pigs do a really good job of turning things over. They're kind of like in the succession of animals. Uh, it would be like pigs, goats, then cows, or mm. goats, and or chickens, sheep. birds, yeah, fit in there. Birds fit in there also. So, kind of like looking at an ecosystem, and you know, kind of trying to replicate it the best you can. So, the pigs are going to go in and turn everything over, and hopefully, like bring back some of that native seed bed that's in the soil. It just needs exposed it's to uncovered. sunlight and well and the other thing that, that they thing. do i don't know if you if you haven't seen what a pig does they make your the surface of your land look very much like a golf ball so there's like these <laughs> yeah. divots everywhere and that's such such a good way to deal with your land because so for example if you were to just till it all everything would be flat and even and then when the rains came it would just all wash there away all your topsoil right and the way the pigs do it though they make these little holes which catch all that rainwater and sink it and hold that nutrition where it is. So, I mean, for a lot of reasons, doing using animals to clear land is way better. And that's actually the cliffhanger I was about to say is just uh -oh. that in using animals, you have this opportunity to enhance the system instead of deplete, which is usually what happens when you strip trees all down and take them out and or even the the mulcher like there's just a disturbance there that is not as not natural well not only not natural but not as like it doesn't hold the fertility the way that using animals does and then also add fertility because we've got these animals here who are turning their food into poo which is then adding more fertilizer right. to the property so yeah. i was telling somebody the other day though like there is a point where we will no longer need pigs so the pigs are doing a good thing right now. And what I see happen with a lot of homesteaders is that they get that good thing going and then pause and it turns from good to bad. Mm. And you have to be prepared to say this animal needs to go now. You know, like well, and it's interesting because even with the goats, you know, they did have they served a purpose right. for us. I don't the know same, yeah. that we would have cleared the land the way that we had because what we had when we started here was nothing but undergrowth because it was unmaintained, formerly yard slash overgrown woods, and the the goats they just took care of all of that and they cleaned it to a point where we could then get in there. You know, so that was yeah. huge. They had their purpose. They served their purpose, and then 
they moved on up and out. We did not, we milked them for a little while. That was a fun experience, but not something we wanted to do all the time. And we, I, I don't know, we never ate any of our goats, did no, we? No, we never did. It was just, I don't know why. There's something about it, goats. There's something about their eyes, <laughs> the way they look at you. They really do eyes. look at you. Yeah. I feel like pigs do that too, but yeah. anyway. But anyway, so, you know, and we were like, you know, now they're just, they're for us, not serving a purpose. They're just kind of a nuisance. And even though you, when you don't think about an animal as a pet, then you can sell it in a much easier way. Like you can, or or give it or or let it move on to the next chapter of its life without that, like, you know, sense of giving up. I don't feel like we give, gave up on goats. No, I just felt yeah. like we, we used them for what we needed them for and then we they were on. Yeah, there was a secession. And I, I would really encourage you to look at your homestead now. Is it grass or is it mud? And right now in the middle of winter, it's a really good test of that because mm. the grass has died back and you get to see how much distance there is I'm going to go grass nerd on you here, but like how much distance there is between one grass and another grass. And that tells you how think much of it like bears, a bald spot. Yeah. Think of it like a forest, like a micro forest. Like mm. when you walk into the woods, how close are the trees together? It's the same on a grassland. How close are those individual blades of grass? And we could really get it. I mean, why, why grass? But grass is actually people often be like, I can't believe you're cutting down trees. I can't believe you're cutting down trees. And, you know, I was offended by cutting down trees when we moved here. But then you look and you realize that the way the trees are growing are, is not actually a benefit because they aren't growing with a lot of leaves. They're growing scraggly. They're growing in such a way that they're just trying to make it up. And meanwhile, you have nothing on the, on the ground floor that is serving really a purpose other than it's just kind of shaded out. And so when you start seeing, oh, okay, well, if I cut into the canopy so that grasses can grow, and then knowing too now what we know about how grasses have this even more powerful effect on sinking carbon and improving our environment, you know, we think, oh, well, trees are the ultimate. And they're great. And, they, you know, don't get me wrong, I love my trees. But the grasses are even more powerful, especially when it's in combination with the regeneration that comes with cows and sheep and all the other things. Yeah, and you can have like ultimately we're going for like a 60/40 ratio of trees and grass so that we have the full spectrum, you know, mm -hmm. kind of restoring it back to that oak savanna. Mm -hmm. And the oak savanna had pigs, and mm -hmm. the reality is if you have enough space, you could keep your pigs moving around, but you know, after the pigs tear up an area, you're going to need like 100 to 200 days. Uh, for that area to restore without any more animal impact. So, mm. you know, just look at it. Can you do that? Can your homestead handle that? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to just park them in one spot and just, you know, let that kind of nasty Well, and I mean, the thing is, like, happen. even if you have this nasty pig area, there are things that the pigs can do for your homestead that for might sure. fit your context. So, yeah. for example, if you don't want to compost, or maybe you compost already, but you have all this other food scrap for some reason – your pigs can turn that food scrap into fertilizer very quickly. Yeah, And so that, I mean, they serve a purpose for sure. And so I let's think. talk about that. So the person that um, we got the pigs from is actually partnered with like a food bank and she gets probably, I don't know how many, bar we have like eight or There's ten, eight barrels out there. Eight barrels. 50 gallon barrels. Um, that of food scrap that she fills up each week. And so she's taking what the food bank would be throwing away. And this is the food bank. So this is like post after after the grocery store has given it to the food bank, then the food bank still has all this food they can't use. Yeah. And so they said like if she wasn't taking it, they'd have to pay for a dumpster. Mm. So it's like actually saving them money. And she's using all of this food waste. 
to feed the pigs. Not so, to mention that, like, I mean, a third of it is still really great produce, right. and so we use it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible process. And, and honestly, I mean, it's worked out really well because she needed a place to put the pigs temporarily, and we wanted to give it a go and see if it was a good fit. And honestly, for us, I think the biggest issue is we wanted the pigs. We just didn't want to deal with them getting out all the time because chasing pigs – is not fun. Right. <laughs> I've already had to do that once with these guys, so I can promise you it's still not as fun not fun like I thought it last time. And if you have a well-trained pig, they don't get out of a single wire, which a single wire fence is pretty easy to move and get your pigs moving around the property. Right. And so the appeal is there if you have these pigs doing what you want them to do. But if you have pot belly pigs who don't obey a wire and climb under almost everything, and this is what I've heard from other folks who do pigs they have mm-hmm. the same experience pot yeah. bellies are just not they're just not a good fit for it um, almost seems the bigger the pig the easier it is because it sure is, less motivated yeah it's gonna be less motivated <laughs> and it the wires you know it, it it's more likely to hit a wire kind of like how cows are just on yeah, one wire makes sense. Yeah. so what we've done is we have three strands of poly wire in and we started with them after the pigs got out the first time they came over here we put them inside of like the premier like chicken fence netting just to train them on that wire um and then we were able to move them into another fenced area and just put them on the three wires and they've stayed in that so far we haven't had anybody escape and I'll, I'll say like what I've learned and what I've heard from people is that the fence just has to be extremely hot. Mm-hmm. So we dedicated our 50 mile charger to that fence. And now they won't come near it. Now they won't come near it. Now I have to talk them into like crossing it. But that's, you know, it's like just if you know things about electric fences, it's like 12,000 volts and four amps. So like it. It puts off a good and just, shot. And just to make you feel better if you don't know what he's saying. Like I, he's told me that probably a hundred <laughs> times and I still can't understand what the difference between we'll, voltage and amperage we'll is. Go, so we'll go out in the uh, pasture and you can touch the <laughs> less amperage Oh, I in felt the that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, so I think that we've learned, okay, how do we make this animal and this experience work for us? Because I think... You know, the second, if, and we even said this to each other, they got out the one time, I was chasing them all over the homestead and finally got them back in. And that is not how I want to spend my life. Right. (laughs) And so we even said to each other at that point, like, if this happens again, we're not doing this anymore. Right. Because we have to know, you know, what, what is the point of being out here? Right. And it isn't to, to chase, chase. Animals. Any any livestock. <laughs> any livestock. Yeah. That is not what we want to do. And I think if you've chased a pig lately or any livestock, then you know that feeling of like, why am I doing this? Which brings up a good point of like, we have now pretty much a zero tolerance rule on our homestead mm. for any livestock that continuously gets out of fences. We do. And it and it's dwindled our, it's definitely dwindled our sheep herd way down, our sheep yeah. flock way down. But now the ones that stay in there, I just tested the fence today, they're staying mm. in at a thousand volts. Oh, wow. So, so you barely even need a... So the fence generally is just yeah. basically not even on. Yeah. That's awesome because if the power goes out, we'll be really in trouble if right. they're always t- testing the fence. Yeah. Which I will tell you about goats is they never stop testing the fence. So it doesn't matter what the voltage is. <laughs> they're just going to just double check yeah. every time. <laughs> and then um, I just wanted to say, like, if you're thinking about getting into pigs, something else that I've been super impressed with is, like, the watering system, which is basically, like, uh, there's these nipples. They're, like, stainless steel nipples that they can drink out of. So originally when we had pigs, we had, like, 
a water trough that mm. they would get in and make a mess. Dump it everywhere. But this is kind of like if you've seen a chicken nipple, it's like that, but it's like supersized for pigs. And it just really makes it easy to make sure they have water and keeps them from, you know, just wallowing destroying in everything yeah. into a mud pit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and then the type of pigs that we have, they're again not our pigs, so it wasn't our decision, but they are. What are they again? Mule, mule foot? <laughs> mule and foot and something that I don't know. Something else. They're cross. But, you know, there's lots of great heritage breeds out there. And I think, again, it's just pick what's what's manageable for you and don't potentially do potbelly pigs. Yeah. And I think, yeah. like, when you're looking at the pigs, like, I like these ones because they're kind of on the small side and they're don't, you know, it's not like we have to move them daily. We're moving them, like, every four to five days it's, now. I think it's... You know, that's going to get increased as they get larger, though. Yeah, but, um, that's true. But, yeah, at the moment, yeah, they're fairly manageable. They're not like Daniel's giant pigs that we <laughs> saw at his place. Yeah, he's got the GOS. GOS or something like that. Gloucester, I can't even say yeah. that word. Something, something. Uh, which are fancy heritage breed. They're massive. They're like horses. You could, like, ride these things. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So I don't know. I hope that helps a little bit with pigs and where what we're doing with pigs, how we've got into it. And if you've got questions, don't hesitate to hit us up on social media, send us an email, whatever. We know some pig experts. So, you know, if it's a question we don't know the answer to, we can definitely find an answer for you. And um, I, we would definitely yeah. we are not experts. So we're thankful to have those people in our lives. But we also we have eight. I just thought we would throw out the numbers because, you know, what's a good number? And I think it depends on the size of your homestead. But just do keep in mind, even though none of these ones are pregnant now, I wouldn't be surprised if they are soon. I don't know what. No, the... they won't be pregnant because the males are clipped. Oh, they're neutered. Yeah. So they don't call it neutered? No, yeah. yeah well, that's neutered, awesome. Clipped, so yeah. if you don't want to have a lot of pigs in no time flat, then you're going to want to do that to your yeah. pigs. Which is something that people do themselves, right? Like yeah. That's a, yeah, Drew it's participated like in that. squeezing grapes, like muscadine grapes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so yeah, those are just a few more details I can see people being curious about. Yeah, that is one to be aware of for sure. Mm -hmm. Things multiply quicker. They do. All right. Well, I hope that helps. <laughs> and uh, let us know what questions you got. And hey, it would be awesome if you could leave us a review. Let us know uh, your thoughts in the review. If you got a question, we will definitely answer the question if you leave it also, in the review section. Also, even sharing is really, really helpful. So if you know anyone that would be interested in the things that we share, pigs or other homesteady-related things, we would love if you would help us spread the word. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got a lot of questions like this, not sure where to get started on the homestead or how to get started on a homestead, we do have the Academy, which is a program where we meet with you, help you get a plan for the homestead, give you monthly challenges on homesteading and uh, just kind of have a library of resources. Yeah. And a library of resources. Videos, so it's a great place to get started on yeah, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening.